Hey, everybody. It is Canadian National Day of Podcasting, December 1st. I think the first one was in 2010, maybe 2009. It doesn't matter. And I think it was Bob Goyetch's idea. I think Blevis takes credit, and I think he's wrong. because I And I'm going to just say it's Bob's idea, and if Mark disagrees with that, he's arguing with somebody who died, and that's pretty classless. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to episode 59 of Tangential Convergence. It's me and Ken. How you doing, Ken? I'm great. How are you? Great. Oh, wow. That's nice yeah. to hear. Uh, yeah. How are things at Queens? How are things in Kingston? Uh, it is it was cold briefly. It's warm again. So, of course, Jackie was putting out the Christmas lights. I was tidying up inside. We have not had any additional... Well, we've had a library, an ongoing... I wouldn't call it a library emergency, but <laughs> like yeah. the last time. The library signal. He saw the library signal. Oh, that's right. Commissioner Gordon sent it out. And <laughs> Yeah. No, good, good, good. It's busy, yeah. busy, busy. And this year, I think what we've seen in the archives and rare books and special collections is like we have class instruction going all the way into this week, which normally that kind of drops off mm -hmm. uh, like early, mid-November. So I, I would think that we're busier now than we were pre-pandemic. So oh, okay. Good. Wow. Wow. Good, good problem to have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. You went, that's, that's the, the happy problem of, oh, we have too many students. Yes. <laughs> that's a, it's a happy problem. Yep. And here it's been, it was warm. Like yesterday it was like 12 degrees and I was hanging laundry up outside to dry. <laughs> That's yeah. how warm it was. Uh, it's cooled down a bit, but it's still, it still kind of looks like April. Yeah. It's, you know? so it, it's just gross. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, let's just, it just gets your, it does get your spirits down. It's just so great. Late fall and early spring are the two least good times of year, as far as I'm concerned, because it, it doesn't look nice. Early oh. spring smells bad because of the, you know, defrosting dog turds. It's uh, a. <laughs> I was going to go with leaves. mold and mildew, but. Oh, there's that too. Is, there's that too. There's a lot of dog turds. Yeah. So it's just, you know. Um, and also what's been happening recently in Canada, he said, making a segue. There you go. <laughs> hey, you're very, very kind. Uh, was uh, is the uh, inquiry and the emergencies act that was brought in uh, during uh, the. Uh, convoy if we want to call it yeah. that o occupation of ottawa yeah. uh and uh the, when the emergencies act was brought in there is part of the law is that mm -hmm. you have to have an, a, a public inquiry afterwards right yeah. um let's talk a bit about the law it replaced because it replaced the war measures act yes which yes likely would well certainly would violate the present canadian constitution right yeah absolutely it's like martial law basically yeah. So, and it's been used in World War One, World War Two, with the, mm -hmm. the War Measures Act, and of course during the FLQ crisis in Quebec in 1970, uh, October of 1970, um, where you had the FLQ, who were a, well, basically a terrorist organization. Not basically, were a terrorist organization, uh, and they kidnapped um, James Cross, a British trade mm -hmm. commissioner, and Pierre Laporte, who was a Quebec cabinet minister. They killed Laporte. Yeah. And it was when they killed Laporte that the Quebec government asked the federal government to bring in, uh, to, to, to bring, actually bring in the military and the, you know, declare, basically declare a state of emergency, making the War Measures Act kick in. And the War Measures Act basically suspended all your civil rights. So yeah. It's a different thing than what there's happened. No, there's no nuance to it. It's a very, it was it's a, like a law that yeah. is, feels very, late 19th early 20th century which is what it was right it was yeah. it was killing a fly with a bulldozer yeah you know yeah uh so 
what ended up happening was, I mean, I know my mother-in-law knows people who were arrested yeah. and they weren't members of the FLQ. <laughs> like no. they weren't beaten up or anything, but they were detained. Yeah. Uh, the story goes that when each morning, when the commissioner of the RCMP would meet with, um, uh, with, with, with Pierre Trudeau, he would look and go, but yeah, but I know that guy. <laughs> no, yeah. that guy. Oh no. He's most of these people I know. Uh, and you know, uh, now they did, it, it did end up ending the, the, the FLQ crisis. There is no more FLQ. No. Um, and when confronted by a reporter on the steps of parliament, when Trudeau was asked, Pierre Trudeau was asked, um, um, just how far are you willing to go after he said, you know, a lot of the Trudeau say a lot of people, a lot of bleeding hearts don't like seeing men in helmets carrying guns, which I think is a good line. <laughs> um, and they said, how far are you willing to go? And Trudeau just said, just watch me. And he yep. walked it, walked into the, walked into parliament. Yeah. Um, and during the, the, the convoy occupation, people immediately made the comparison because mm -hmm. this is his dad and all this stuff well yeah and also it was i mean I, well it, it had to be done because the ottawa police weren't doing their job right well and it was unclear who was doing their job at all including their premier who yes. went to court so that he didn't have to appear mm -hmm. at this because he says it's a federal matter even though ottawa is a major city in the province in ottawa that is in, in, in ontario yeah yeah but, you know, apparently it's got some kind of special status where Doug Ford, I guess there's no buck of beer there. So he didn't no. have to show up. It's too far from cottage country. Yeah, it's right. That's what it is. He was busy snowmobiling, um, right. which, he, which he actually was during the beginning of the occupation. Yes, he was. Uh, and then the, but, but, then he got reelected. Uh, just saying. Yeah, but. yeah well, yeah. <laughs> lots, of, lots of terrible things happen. Yeah. But, you uh, know, you have this, this uh mandated legislated uh yeah. commission which is mm -hmm. great because yeah it, it's the way it should happen. be done yeah the use of it is nuanced right it's going after the yeah. underpinnings of of the occupation yes uh doing a lot of things that people don't like but targeting those particular people that are even according to the bylaws of ottawa shouldn't have been able to bring a giant truck in front of the parliament buildings yeah um, I mean, and I think you, three... you, you can't drive an 18 wheeler down my street. Like that's no. against the law. Yeah. You can't, it's just like, you can't do that. That's just stuff. You're not... um, and they just it's did not even things, highway yeah. traffic act stuff. It's just like city ordinance. Yeah, um, exactly. But then you have, you know, all the, all the players, uh, you know, the head of the RCMP, the people from the OPP superintendents and assistant mm -hmm. superintendents of the auto police force, but then three cabinet ministers and the prime minister of Canada, sit down and take questions just yep. like everyone else. Yep, exactly. So yep. if, and if, if people, if listening from the States, this would be like at the January 6th commission, if Donald Trump just had to appear and appeared. And a bunch of his, a bunch of his cabinet secretaries had to appear. Yeah. And they just did. And they did. Um, they didn't whine about it. They didn't complain about it. They showed no. up on the day that they were supposed to show up. And answered the questions, you know, yep. uh, I think it was interesting because the prime minister was appeared before the commission this week and mm -hmm. i thought i think they did pretty well um there was a lot of rage on right-wing twitter which is mostly yeah. what twitter is now they um, hate him to begin with because he's a drama teacher but he wasn't just that like they yeah. they want to see him as so soft yeah and unmanly and at the yeah. same time he's this terrible fascist totalitarian ogre like and no. perhaps the son of Fidel Castro for good that's, measure. That's, like, the, that really kills me. It's like, doesn't he look like Castro? Well, first of all, no. And secondly, <laughs> huh? Um, yeah, exactly. 
It's like, pick a lane, okay? <laughs> Honest to God, I know you're filled with hate, but like, pick <laughs> one reason why, not a bunch of contradictory reasons. Well, they all, a lot of them got mad because he started speaking French and they said he was hiding yeah. something. Yeah. Speaking one of Canada's two official languages. Which was hard. immediately translated. Yeah, which is simultaneously yeah. translated. Yeah. And, you know, as much as I had problems with Stephen Harper, I'll say that Stephen Harper always made a point of speaking both languages too, which yeah. I thought was a good thing. Uh, it's about, there's about three good things I like about Stephen Harper. That would be one of them. Um, getting rid of the penny. So maybe there's two. Um, oh, and maybe Arctic sovereignty. I think that was good. Yeah, okay. That, there's, that. there's your yeah. three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but... And nobody raged about that uh, then. No. Um, but the important thing is that he has to appear before this commission. And the commission, mm -hmm. I guess, it'll, it eventually writes a report, et cetera. Um, but this is all done in the cold light of day. Um, mm -hmm. And and not and not too terribly long after the event. 90 days, too, I think. Right? It, is it 90 yeah. or 120 days? It it's probably 90, it right? Might be well, it might be 120. might be 120 yeah. considering the timing, yeah. 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 Um, so it has to happen when this happens. And what this law does is it just, it doesn't, it doesn't suspend people's rights. It literally says in the act that it doesn't right. supersede the charter of rights. Uh, it just gives police power to arrest people basically. Uh, and to, and to, you know, for like what they did, they cleared out the, yeah. um, they systematically the yeah. cleared out the streets, sent yeah. people home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and got and and enforced the fact of, I think it gave, you know, the tow truck operators some cover too, to, yeah. so they wouldn't be targeted and say, oh, well, we got no choice. So that's right. You know, it, it just, you yeah. know, should it have got to that point? Probably course, not. Because not. Yeah. like even I sitting at home could see on the news and the Twitter yeah. that trucks were driving from the West to the East yeah. and, and converging into different, like coming through either like North Bay towards yes, Ottawa that's right. or yeah. through Southern Ontario towards yep. Ottawa. This was a surprise to absolutely no one. Oh, we and all saw it coming. Yeah. And you can see in the Toronto example where they just didn't let it happen. Uh, Vancouver did the same thing. And yeah, I, I said, no. the, the, the cool thing I thought about Vancouver was a bunch of cyclists just got in front of a truck, all these trucks and said, no, you guys either have to leave or you run us over. So Vancouver that a bunch of cyclists stopped it. Um, uh, speaking of Vancouver, a friend of the show, Daniel Barabinov, uh, when he, he wasn't in Canada yet uh, at the time, he was still in Russia before Russia went completely insane, not just almost insane. Uh, and uh, I remember him messaging me saying, how is it that a G7 capital can just be taken over by people? We're not said, sure. And I said, I don't know, dude. I don't know, but I think it'll be it'll it'll be taken care of eventually. You would never uh, get that into the capital district of Washington, DC. I don't think so. Like ever. I, I mean, I shouldn't so. say that after January 6th. I guess something's possible. But you know, given the amount of security around a US president and the White House, yeah. we just don't have that level of security around think, any well, of our politicians. No. Um you know, you can you can walk up. I, there's a pic. There was a picture of me on the front of the Montreal Star in 1978, shaking Pierre Trudeau's hand. He yeah. came out of Parliament. We were on a school trip to Ottawa, and he, that was just after they lost the election in well, 79. Right. Sorry, yeah, to Clark. Yeah, Clark. And he came out, and I walked up, and I just walked up and shook his hand. There were no guard. I'm sure there were guards around, but it's like, oh, it's a school. It's a class. That yeah. kid probably doesn't fit the profile. <laughs> we'll let him it's shake true. the prime minister's hand. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the, that thirteen-year, those two thirteen-year-old boys are going to probably do some damage. Um, 
So me and my friend Sean went and shook hands with him. We ended up on the cover of the Montreal Star, and my my grandmother, yeah, we didn't we didn't know that. Yeah. Next morning, I got a phone. We got a phone call from my grandmother. I think David's on the front page of the Montreal Star. <laughs> sort of a weird thing. Nice. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's one of these things that you know. You don't. That's why, like, we don't expect anything to happen. No, not like that. Not like that. And that's that was the thing. And I and I'm not going to say it's American and blame it on that because I'm just not going to do that. I don't think that's fair. No, Um, our own problems. We got our own. Yeah. And I could never fathom this idea that, like, well, if he would just negotiate with us, it's like, yeah, Dave. Just I'm watching Dave on Zoom. (laughs) He just would spit his coffee out. It's like. Like yeah. Dave and I get like all the podcasters together and then go camp out in front of Parliament and demand that we be negotiated with. Like we bad that we demand that Scarborough dude become the president of Canada. That's right. We we want to talk to the Governor General to, to and the Senate, which is <laughs> not a thing. Yeah, in this was Canada. yes. Like, they, was they showed so up bizarre. with what they called a memorandum of agreement, which <laughs> which involved um, dissolving Parliament and a yeah. commission taken over made up of the convoy leaders. Yes. And the governor general, which, and then they spread things like, you know, if she gets 10,000 emails, she has to do it. Yeah. Like just complete bizarre I don't know where, nonsense. Yeah. Just making things up. That That's not even like misreading something. That's like, no, that's just, not. That's one guy in, saying the thing and everyone else repeating that thing. And everybody else and, going, oh yeah, that was in the Magna Carta. That's yeah, how they overthrew yeah, that's uh, how love, yeah. Charles III. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was, it was. And it, of course, when the people were arrested um, yeah. in a lot of their hearings, you heard great things like, "Yeah, I thought I could." Uh, one of the people said to one of the judges uh, that he was he was exercising his First Amendment rights, and apparently yes. the judge looked at him and said, "What are those?" Yeah, because of course that's not how it works here. No, it's that that's not what we have here. Yeah, I, in fact, I would ask if if any anybody ever asked me about the first amendment in canada i'd say well you mean manitoba becoming part of canada cuz yeah. or, or was it bc i think maybe bc joining canada was the first amendment to the canadian constitution <laughs> but anyway it's yeah. we don't call them we don't number them but i think no, it was the first one you know we don't need to number things no cuz you know you just can look them up you don't yeah. they don't need a number yeah who needs it yeah. and who would then if they we would need people like you to tell us where to find things that's right. See, it's a make work project. <laughs> Socialism. It's keeping me employed. <laughs> That's right. I had a prof once when he said, Are there any questions I can't answer? And he instead of I can answer, and I asked, Why do we exist? And he said, To give me a job. And I thought, Well, that's a good, that's a good answer. And just and I put that in my hip pocket and I've used it. Um I think that I guess one of the big things that hit me about it was that and the other thing, it, it's an extremely it's it, the, the process of the uh, commission is mm-hmm. ridiculously fair. And when I, you'll, I think people yes. who understand this will understand this in a second. The convoy people got to ask questions. Yeah, they get their own lawyer. Like they're a thing. Yeah. Like like <laughs> they're a thing. Other and than they look a bunch like of idiots. Self, yeah. Like, other than a bunch of self-appointed people. Like I yeah. said, it'd be like if Dave and I got all the podcasters in Canada together, and then we did a thing, and yeah. we all had to be moved out under the Emergencies Act. And then during the commission, 120 days later, we got to have our own lawyer and equal time to ask yeah. questions, even though we represent absolutely nobody, no one. Nobody voted for ourselves. us. Yeah. yeah. There's no framework in which we exist as anything. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the whole thing was, so, but I think the process itself is good. And I think 
you know, and this was a, was a big story in the last oh, week and a half in the country. So it's been something, and I think that, a lot, I mean, people all over the world knew about what happened in Canada. I don't think a lot of people knew what actually happened. You, you'd see things, um, Americans, uh, Brits, whatever, talking about how 10,000 truckers have come to Ottawa. That's not really true. No. And most of them weren't actually truckers. Most of the no. truckers kept trucking. Yeah, they kept working. Yeah, trucking like the doodah man. And, and also the thing, too, around the, man, the various mandates, like, for truckers who had to cross the border, there was yeah. a mandate on the U.S. side. Yeah. So it wasn't just like a Canadian thing. No. Even though we had, I think by that point, pretty much dropped it for our truckers. Yeah. They still couldn't go across the border because of American law and yeah. mandates. Because as we know, Justin Trudeau controls Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know what the final report's going to say. I don't know how that works. Who knows? But oh, I will well, see. Yeah, it'll we'll be see it. Fulsome and it'll be blow by blow. Like if you want to yeah. mine it, it'll be completely publicly available, right? Yeah. Like all the in all the transcripts and yep. everything. Yep. And there's even, I mean, they they put things into evidence like uh, you know, uh readouts of calls that the prime minister yep. made with the head of CSIS. Like it's it's really like you said, it's it's everything's there. So um got me thinking about crises. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean, the FLQ one is one that people have done to death, but it's yeah. pretty obviously, you know, it's something that was extremely popular at the time. I think one of the things yes. that I don't think people, I think people miss, including in Quebec, by the way, is that the use of the War Measures Act by the federal government in 1970 was really popular. It was voted on, I think one person voted against it in parliament or something like um I don't know if they have to. Yeah, and at the end of the day, the use of the Emergency Act this past yeah. year had to be voted on yeah. by Parliament, right? Like the people who we elected. Yeah. And they voted with the government. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's one of these things that I think that what happens is you get the, the, the squeaky wheel, the loud mm-hmm. per person yells really loudly, and then they end up getting, um, you, they end up making people think that there's, a lot more support for the flu, flu trucks clan than there actually is. Um, we, you know, and we, we've had other crises here. We've had, you know, and one of the things you've mentioned here in our Google doc is, you know, the, the conscription crisis in 1917, you, you would more about history than I do. Tell me about the conscription conscription crisis in, in 1917 in Canada. Well, I mean, at that point, uh, although a lot of people had volunteered and were serving in various capacities, you know, like a million people in a country of 8 million in various capacities supporting efforts in the First World War, they were going to need to finally do conscription. And when they did that, um, even in the English, I mean, there's more support in English-speaking Canada, but there certainly was strong opposition in French-speaking Canada, particularly in Quebec, Yes, um, where they felt more loyalty to Canada as opposed to the, the British crown. That's right. And and when they looked at, like, when they began to implement it, there were, you know, hundreds of thousands of people eligible between, like, 20 and 45 were the, like, the ages that could be compelled. Mm-hmm. And a lot, like, I think the number, like, at one point, there were over just over 400,000 people were eligible and over 300,000 of them uh, applied for exemptions. Yeah. Um, That's how it usually goes. Yeah. And eventually the government began to enforce it, which led to riots. It led to deaths. There's a monument in Quebec City mm-hmm. uh, to mm-hmm. a couple of people who died. Yep. And again, you know, a very 
sort of black and white piece of legislation. Now, I think the government at the end of the day tried to sort of nuance where it put its efforts into conscripting people after that, but it did mean that authorities called in the army um, to shoot people. And it was, and it in Laurier, uh, Borden was prime minister and Laurier really had been urging um, that we, they needed to put more effort into getting people to volunteer, Yeah, like needed to absolutely avoid this issue. And the government kind of went with, uh, well, you know, we're going to pass this legislation and we're going to do what we need to do to make yeah. sure we have enough men you know, yeah. at the front and it, and it led to deaths and left a very bad taste and it left the rise more uh, like an increased modern rise of, you know, Quebec separatism. For sure. There's probably a direct line through many generations from that crisis to FLQ. Oh yeah. Uh, to the various, you know, the quiet revolution in the 1960s mm-hmm. and uh, that sort of modern Quebec nationalism. So yeah. You well, know, you can, it, yeah, you can draw a line. I, th- I think you can really yeah. draw a, a straight line. Um, and a lot of those, I mean, I'm, it, it's interesting because, you know, and it happens again in, for World War II, right? Where Mackenzie King says not necessarily conscription, but cons- but conscription of necessary or something yes. like that. I forget yeah. how it actually goes. Um, but, you know, there was a conscription crisis again, though not nearly as big a one i think more people saw that oh nazi germany's really 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 the enemy yeah. we're not fighting for england here we're fighting for canada we're, we're fighting for freedom even though you know once you get there you're fighting for your buddies and you um but yeah i, I mean think- it was a conscription crisis again like 42 43 but yeah. 44 but it wasn't exact wasn't the same you know and i don't think those guys were shipped over i don't think any of them were allowed to i think they had to serve in the country if they were conscripts in world war ii if my memory serves me correctly uh or maybe that was just i a think promise. by like 44 45 the allies thought they were going to win which is why yeah the u.s army was i don't think larger than 90 divisions when they had projected like a much larger army they felt like between the material they had mm-hmm. you know uh, germany fighting on all fronts they're you know un like just sort of no resistance to the bombing campaign that eventually we're just going to win anyway so yeah like you can see them in 44 45 beginning to facilitate okay well how do we transition our economies back to peacetime production so we don't have like a jarring episode like we did after the first world war where you know it was it was terrible immediately after the war and got into the roaring 20s when things picked back up again where there were a couple years right after the war where it's just like Everyone's bled white and and there's no jobs because no jobs. We, don't, we, don't, we don't need more browning submachine guns. <laughs> that's right. And now we it's gonna take years for us to retool factories that are basically completely worn out. So yeah, and I mean this happened uh, though because of the ex- the the experience of World War One and World War Two, things went a lot more quick. But when my grandfather got home from the Navy in World War Two, he went to be bought went to buy my grandmother a washing machine at Eaton's. And- they were all lined up and he said, yeah. uh, you know, I'll take that one. And the guy said, you can have the, you can have the, uh, the outside, the, the motor won't be ready for about 18 months. Oh my <laughs> because, God. Because, because the place that makes the motors, you know, makes tanks. <laughs> so, you know, eventually it all worked yeah. out, but yeah. And he had cash in his pocket. He was, he was at yeah. sea for like 18 months at, at a time. It was like, a, he's, he's got money to spend Dif- different time. I'm going to buy my wife a washing machine. They probably would have saved her a lot of labor, I guess. Um, yes. You know, but so we've had 
these kind of things. And we have these, you know, the January 6th one is the obvious one in the States. Uh, and you see you, these, these things other places too. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the, the one that didn't rise to like, well, it almost, it, as it rose to federal level without really the application of the act is OCA, where yeah. the Ontario government really flubbed the ball and and the army did come in and no, 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 that's that's quebec not not ontario oh, that, no no you, i was sorry oh, you think, you think, you're thinking yeah. about dudley no. george and the pinery yeah. that's another one we yeah. can talk about in a second <laughs> yeah no oh you're right oak is on the quebec side so yeah. and the standoff right so you know those are you know the use those point out the use of that kind of force uh like very like that was called on very quickly Yes, and like again, like I, I see, you know, often these things are are a failure of the the next lower down level of government. Like Almost somehow <laughs> they yeah. can't get their act together. Yeah, um, to defuse the situation, or they don't want to defuse the situation. And, Sometimes and the it's more of that. Yeah, the federal government ends up sort of being the bad guy because yeah. someone else asked them to do it. That's right. When, I mean, this was, in fact, this was, I, I know at the beginning of the pandemic, the prime minister offered the, the, the provinces, he said, if you want, we can, we can invoke the, the emergencies act and we will do everything and it will, it'll all be on us. Yeah. And when that's a power grab and yeah. anyway. That and then, would have been but afterwards they continue to blame the federal government of for course. all of their own failings. Like we never had, we never had a legitimate provincial rollout of the vaccine like we were dependent on like those vaccine finder no. guys on twitter and stuff yeah. like that yeah it we were depending on, on 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 twitter that's that's yeah. where i found out where i could get a, a vaccine appointment for my first covid shot yeah now i could go you know i could go to the corner store not the corner store but the local grocery store my local grocery yeah. stores and get one it's different but yeah at the time and we were all like itching to get them you know yeah. um yeah it's it's always the the sort of and the buck eventually does stop at the leader of a country. Henry Truman yeah. was right. Uh, you know, it, it is the responsibility of the leader to lead. Um, and this was the case, you know, what happened in Ottawa was no one was doing any leading. The mayor didn't do anything. The, the chief of police didn't do anything. RCMP didn't do anything. The OPP didn't. And when people call for the army, the problem is with the army, you have the possibility for a conscription crisis riot where people die because soldiers aren't police officers no that's why when the um the hurricane in new orleans yep and uh the general the raging cajun russell honore russell honore can remember vividly like the, the troops being sent in national guard yep. and him barking at them don't point your weapons yeah, yeah. at the civilians right yeah. we're here to help them yeah. So recognizing that, like their normal stance is to be pointing weapons at other people. Yeah. And that's, I mean, like it's baffling. And you know, and then the only person yeah, sling that, that rifle, list... you stupid son of a bitch! I remember him yelling at some yeah. guy. Well, <laughs> and that guy he was yelling at it was like a was an officer, like a captain or something. Yeah. So, you know, should have known better. Yeah, he should have known better. Exactly. But uh, you know, the other one person you left off that list who wasn't doing anything was the premier of the province. Uh, totally. Yeah. Totally. And yeah. he, his his excuse was I can't order the OPP around. It's like no, but <laughs> but you, you can talk to them. You could talk to them and say, have you guys thought about doing your jobs at all? Or that's right. What is what's saying? Your, please tell me what your plan is. You I can plans? be in my cabinet because yeah. I you know Ottawa's in Ontario. Yeah, but instead he went snowmobiling. And ladies and gentlemen, 
we are not kidding. He went no. snowmobiling, and which is showed up at a Tim Hortons. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also, I think people forget that there were other groups that were blocking border crossings. Mm-hmm. Uh, from one of the things that came out during the commission was that the uh, governor of Michigan told Premier Ford, yeah. "You know, we're, we'll clear this, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if you don't, we will." Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, also the governor of Michigan was born in Ontario. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, uh, that's around the point where they thought they should, you know, invoke the, the, the act. And, and yeah. that's what happened. Yeah. That's like, now you're, it's not, you have capital and two international border crossings. So yeah. it's affecting trade and commerce as well as the stability of the capital. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you have people, why didn't you, this is the one that always gets me. Why didn't Trudeau come out and negotiate? First of all, he has no, he, why should he negotiate? First of all. And secondly, you have a bunch of people who are literally calling for his death. Yeah. You know, hey, you, have, you have signs that state yeah. as much, you know? Yeah. Like it literally said that. Yeah. So if if you're a person with a mind, I think it's pretty clear that he, and also you just don't negotiate with people that aren't elected. That's not a thing. You know, who don't represent anyone, as you said, other than themselves. Um, of course, we've seen, you know, we've seen these kind of things, you know, the, in a lot of things in in uh, uh, in literature, in yeah. movies, film, whatever, uh, TV shows. You know, the first thing that comes to mind with me is the sort of what happened during the Dominion War on Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Because they take the sort of, you know, the Federation's pretty great. So we should probably limit a whole bunch of liberties so we can keep being around. Yeah. Which is the old War Measures Act approach. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. interesting because so like the current Emergencies Act builds in this commission. Yeah. It's, I think, an intentional. It's intentional so that if there are abuses, they can be rolled back because these crises can be great opportunities yes. for individuals, organizations, or governments to, yeah. you know, make radical changes that can become entrenched. Yeah. And the Dominion War, like the the in Deep Space Nine, like yeah. we can see the moral slide, right? Of every step they take yeah. is a harder, it be, the path back becomes harder and harder every time. And it's sort of no sense that the federation knows how to like even has a mechanism for coming back like i think they assume they would just be like great again but the sort of yeah you know or moral again but now yeah. you've 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 really punctured that balloon like you can't blow it back up well it's the whole thing about does the do the ends justify the means and when you say the ends justify the means you're making that's a that's one of them rubicon crossing moments eh cuz when you say this is okay, and of course, this is the point that it's funny earlier on Cisco makes when he stops them from doing this. Yeah. And then later, of course, he convinces the Romulans to join the war by literally faking evidence. Yeah. Right. The, the classic, it's fake. Um, that's right. And, you know, he says, I don't care. <laughs> um, and then he released that. That's a great episode. And then he deletes the log at the end of the episode. Yeah. And he, the whole time yeah. he's talking to you. It's just, yeah. I just got goosebumps thinking about it. Uh, and it's, you know, we think this a lot where what do we have to do? Now, now there are situations you think about the the, the current, you know, the Putin's war in, in Ukraine. They The Ukrainian government closed the borders and said, if um, men between 18 and 60 can't leave, they have to join the army. Now, on that, I'm cool with that because there won't be a country. 
Yeah. So everyone just leaves. Yeah. If everybody just leaves and especially if the fighting men all leave or, you know, people of fighting men age. Uh, so I get that. Um, on the other hand, you know, stopping people from doing anything uh, is, you know, and this was the kind of thing that they, you know, when you think about, I don't know, well, martial law in Babylon five, right. You think about president Clark and there's no, you know, he manufactures a crisis Yes. and then responds to it. Well, and then the the ham-fisted, but I guess apt example of Star Wars, yes. the rise of Palpatine, the all sorts of things that anyone with half a brain should have realized was going on. But again, it's the yeah. democracy voting itself out of existence, taking step after step. And we've and seen this. This happens all the time. I mean, we can see it. It it, it there are a whole there's a whole political party uh, just over there. He said, pointing to the United States, that yeah. seems hell bent on destroying democracy, um, which is an odd choice. It, it's an odd, yeah. It's an odd thing to like get control of all the state mechanisms for controlling how voting happens. I wish, I mean, at least with elections Ontario, elections Canada, like their arms length, no one, no political parties are no. at least ostensibly controlling them. But to yeah. to sort of go, hey, if we game the system. Then we'll and always we focus win. focus on the state level to get the, our hands on all the levers. Then, like, wouldn't it be great if we could make sure that we always won? It's like, well, but like part of the deal of democracy is sometimes you might sometimes lose. Sometimes you lose. There will be people who disagree with you, and like, if they had to go along with it when you were in charge, then you kind of have to go along with it too. Yeah, exactly. It's just that, like, there's sort of the 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 idea that it, the country's only great if we're always in charge. And that's something that one of the reasons that I, you know, I have a way I normally vote. Well, it's two ways, but mostly one. Mm -hmm. um, but I try not to be too partisan because one of the issues that happens is that then you end up having this idea that we're only right and the other guys are always wrong. Yeah. You start um, listening to ideas. Like yeah. You, you're supposed to be paying attention to platforms and ideas, ideally. Yeah. 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 And not, you know, just this is my team. This isn't sports, folks. No. You're um, running a country. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Canada lost today at the World Cup. It sucks. Oh, well, four more yeah. years. We'll try again, maybe perhaps in a country that doesn't take slave labor to make stadiums. Uh, oh, or it's, or, just, or, it's or, just indentured. They got rid of slavery. Oh, I see. <laughs> and um, they just can't not, leave. They just can't. <laughs> and they're owned by people. But right. but beyond that, it's not slavery. Yeah, it's fine. It's, all, it's fine. Um, you know, I don't know what, where's, where's the next world cup? Where is it? Oh, be? I think this is, they got pushed, right? The people who sh probably should have got them. So I don't know if we're up with Mexico and us. Like, oh, I think maybe it's that. Bit. And I don't know if Great Britain or the United Kingdom got the one after that. Cause they're there. Those were the two groups that got, oh, it's Canada, Mexico, USA. Okay. So yeah, it's we the, got, it's, that's we the got five games or stadiums or something it costs yeah. 300 million dollars or something like that for well, that's not so whatever, bad for whatever gets played here i think maybe it's just toronto yeah i don't know i saw What's something on twitter today about the cost i think it's just the games played in toronto was 300 million dollars okay well i mean you know that's not that as bad let's just say that let's just say yeah, that. We, we can't afford to building affordable housing or better transportation no, no. systems or anything, but we can throw $300 million on five games in Toronto. So. But what we will do is uh, have a new law called the make new houses all the time. Now quickly act. Um, 
it's not that far off from the name of the law we just pet that was that's in, in Ontario that will destroy a bunch of green space because because our premier I described it the night that he was elected and we did an episode five years ago as it'll be four years of bad clams and it, it, it <laughs> sort of feels yeah. that way. Uh, I think that one of the things that um you know we see this all the time, like you said, of democracies voting themselves out of existence. Uh, it's rare when you get, there are revolutions that happen. That's mm -hmm. true, but it's very often that you get a bunch of people. Well, you think about the 1922, the March on Rome. This mm -hmm. is exactly what the convoy people were planning was yeah. it was a March on Ottawa, the March on Rome, the fascist March on Rome was, literally did this. They showed up and the King got nervous and said, okay, you can be the government. Yeah. This is literally what they were hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, they, like, you know, George Washington is an extremely problematic human being on a lot of levels. Yes, on a, many critical yes. levels. He owned people. There's, there's, yeah, there's that. It is terrible. But yeah. George III said, if when he heard that George Washington was giving up being president after two terms, he said, "If well, he couldn't believe it. He was yeah. like, if that he could, if he does, if he has all of that power and he gives it up, he." Some of like the greatest human beings since I don't know some past example like Cincinnatus or something like that. Right. Well, I mean, so it's rare yeah. that you get that. I mean, my hope for the Ukraine is yeah. that after all is said and done, that this doesn't distort their democracy, so that yeah. like at the end, what I'm hoping is they just have an election. If Zelensky doesn't win, then he just goes away. Like that. That would be the greatest thing he could do as a politician. He seems like the kind of guy that would do that. Um, yeah, you it's know, just he war really... does, you know, yeah. inexorably yeah. begins to make you, you know, do things you wouldn't normally do, and and, and then you sometimes keep, then you think those things bullshit. are normal. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and this one of the amazing things of after World War II is what happened. You know, the West literally did spread democracy, <laughs> like it actually no, it, happened. Um, you know, now in the, not in Eastern Europe. Um, yeah, well, they they wouldn't accept martial aid in Eastern yeah. Europe. Yeah, I mean that took some. It took some time. It took some yeah. time, right? But I mean, eventually the people there got it too. But uh, I mean, the goal of the the war aim was not spreading democracy. The war aim was defeating yeah. Hitler and and, 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 and and you know Nazis. Yeah. I, I, I loved I loved when Churchill would call them the Nazis, Nazis. and because I, I think partly he was doing that to piss them off. Like it's yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like the Ron Swanson move on Parks and Rec. Yeah, when someone's getting too chummy. He calls them by uh, the wrong name just to let them know he doesn't care about them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and whenever Churchill would make a martini, he would uh, uh, bow bow in the direction of France because he said he wouldn't be drinking Italian vermouth. <laughs> nice, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, Churchill was, you know, again also a problematic person in history, yes. but yeah. it was the right guy at the right time. I I I hope that with this commission and when its report eventually comes out that now will it stop this no of course not no. of course not people will still because there's always been people who are sort of conspiracy theorists and now they can easily find themselves on twitter yeah. uh, find yeah. and find other their friends like them rather um but hopefully people who sort of were leaning towards them will kind of look and go no that was really stupid that was really, they shouldn't have done that. That was dumb. And I hope too that what happens out of this is there's recommendations at like yeah. group 
municipalities and provinces to say, you need to put some effort into public safety. Exactly. Um, so that we, because like it, you don't want to make it impossible for the federal government to use this act, but you, what you want to do is minimize the, the number of times where they actually need to you do You want to make it, it's one of those laws you never want to use, but if you want to use it, you want it to work really fast and to be done with. Yeah. And, and which, you want to make what sure happens. that there was no other way yes. that this, you know, the, like, and I think in this, what I think would cause is, uh, well, I, it makes this one use more problematic is that, you know, there were examples where if municipal authorities acted appropriately, if the local police did stuff, that you didn't need to have that. Like you yep. could have, and like, you know, everyone is free to protest in front of the parliament buildings, yep. right? Like there are a lot of protections around assembly and protest. Yes. Um, but you can't drive a fleet of trucks. <laughs> and set up yeah. and set up bouncy castles, hot tubs, and start making pulled pork. That's right. And, <laughs> and make and then you know, sending MOUs to the government to and you know, uh, also uh harassing people, being yeah. violent to, to citizens of the of the city, uh pissing yeah, and pooping everywhere. Their, disrupting yeah. their ability to enjoy their property and exactly. the place they live. So, you know, I, mean, I hope that it does, that some people, and like I said, hopefully there'll be some recommendations that come out of this. Yeah. Um, I do believe that, I mean, we've already, they've already lost the head of the Ottawa police service was, yeah. you know. Well, he, in the midst of it, he was, I mean, that it was interesting listening to the calls between the police commissioner and the mayor of Ottawa, Jim Watson, where yeah. he clearly was going to shit can her. And she was asking, like, I still have your support, right? <laughs> He's like, well, I have to. You know, I'm talking to a few other people today, and like she just knew. Yeah. Like, how are you scared. spelling support? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but that's good because, like, yeah. we should have all of that, right? No, we, we should have, have that information. All that's of right. That, and that's everyone right. can go and look at it. Yep. And, you know, hopefully use it appropriately. And like every single government ever, um, <laughs> this government, while it talks a lot about transparency, there are times when it's not transparent. No. Um, and this happens a lot in parliamentary democracies where the prime minister's office ends up getting a ridiculous amount of power. Yeah. Um, and, you know, hopefully this can lead to people, like you said, seeing everything and seeing that, and maybe the government learning that they should be a little bit more transparent. Uh, I think that That's would be little... an important outcome too. It would be. I mean, you know, every government talks about that. I mean, there's a little bit of a DS9 thing happens with yeah. any government that's in power long enough. Yeah. I think the power does begin to accrue in certain areas, like a PM's office. Yeah. It, it depends on their personality, too. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, over time, inevitably, there's enough, there's a collection of screw ups, right? So they tend to become yeah. less transparent and more defensive because at the very beginning they didn't have anything really to hide and yeah, after several exactly. terms you know with a government uh you know and that many mps and all the rest of it there's just going to be stuff like you're going to have more than just you know that one mp that kept showing up on video with his pants off like it's there'd be other <laughs> stuff that's even bigger than that that inevitably yeah. you know it's like ad scam with Kretchen, right by the end like there's right. just too much of that like yeah. 
minor to modest amounts of bullshit going on and it yeah. adds, it adds up they begin to become hardened and they can't sort of walk back to those first days when everything was uh where everybody's new. cheering and saying yeah. sunny ways <laughs> yeah exactly you just it just it's almost inevitable yeah. that that happens yeah and i think maybe that this like i said maybe maybe this kind of thing and i don't mean the occupation i mean the fact that this is so transparent can lead a government to realize hey being transparent's cool i don't know yeah. what the what the what the, the polling numbers are in this because i haven't because I actually don't care a lot, but the polling numbers are what people think of the Emergencies Act. But I'll say that I, I, I'm curious to what will happen. What do people think of the process that happened afterwards? Because I think people will be surprised. I think a lot of people are surprised at how open it is. Yeah. Um, we don't. And this had, like, like I said, like like we've, we've talked about many times, this has to happen. It's in the law. This isn't like the January 6th commission that will be shut down. You're not, yeah, the you're not to fight over. for it in the, in the, in the teeth of opposition from, you know, an opposition party or something no. like that. Like it just, it's just mandated. It's as, as much as you can have yeah. one, it is a fairly neutral yeah, process. Really I mean, the, the fact that a bunch of unrepresentative yahoos have their own lawyer and they get as much like question time as anyone else should speak volumes like that's not how it normally goes in many countries like if he had the senate has a yeah you know some kind of inquiry or like you you get grilled by senators or in the states or by if it's a congressional hearing like by representatives like you don't kind of get to also get the microphone except when you're answering questions mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think Completely Unrepresentative different. Yahoos is a pretty good title, so I've taken note of that. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess probably for this Canadian National Day of Podcasting, that's a pretty good place for us to stop. Uh, where can people, if people, if, if Twitter still exists on Thursday, we're recording this on Sunday, a little bit behind the fourth wall here, but we'll be releasing it on Thursday, which is Canadian National Day of Podcasting. Uh, if Twitter still exists by then, Ken, where <laughs> can people find you? Uh, they can find me at Ken Herndon, all one word. All one word. You can find me at Deep Broadback, and you can find other podcasts I do. In fact, today on uh, on this day, uh, Canadian National Day of Podcasting, December first, twenty twenty two. You can just search on the hashtag CNDOP on Twitter, but you can also just let's see. I don't know. There'll be new ones of best episode ever, Marshall Clue and Variety Hour, maybe Broken Area, the Jonathan Files. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, Sterling Cooper, David, Steve. I'll probably delay putting up one of my lectures. <laughs> by a day <laughs> just to get i think the most i ever did on on, on a cndop was seven so i'll you know, see if i can tie that on that note uh thanks again talk to you soon okay bye